0: We got the alternative energy right. we kill our free autonomy And, we and well, welcome
1: we to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome, I'm Ka And you're listening to the Radioactive Show Recorded at 3CR in Fitzroy, Melbourne On the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation And broadcast across this stolen continent Through the Community Radio Network On the Radioactive Show today, we're talking to a few of the nuclear-free campaigners around Australia, giving us an update and highlights from the campaign in 2017. I spoke with Dave Sweeney, the ACF nuclear-free campaigner, Jim Green from Friends of the Earth and Mara from the Conservation Council of South Australia. Winniata Peru from the Beyond Uranium Group in Canberra also joined us. And here's Dave Sweeney talking about the national nuclear campaign, and what happened in 2017.
2: Yeah, Dave Sweeney. Um, I'm the nuclear-free campaigner with the Australian Conservation Foundation. And, you know, we're sitting here at the tail end of 2017 and looking back at the year that was, and, um, and it has been a really significant a really important year and a really um, effective year for advancing um, nuclear-free politics in Australia. Um, it's a year that's seen the uranium industry continue to be highly contested and continue to be highly constrained. Uranium prices remain deeply depressed and the market remains oversupplied. So that means that Australia is ripping and shipping less uranium um, than ever before. We've seen the acknowledgement of the end of mining in Kakadu and the inevitable closure in the next uh, few years of mineral processing at Ranger and then starts the real task, the big task of cleaning up that really heavily impacted mine site and ensuring that there's an economic transition for that region, and particularly for Aboriginal people of Kakadu and the Mirarr people. But it's an amazing uh, situation because we're looking now at the end of uranium mining in Kakadu. Kungara's over, Jabaluka's stalled, range is finished, so it's about to stop processing. Um, remarkable. <clears throat> We've seen uranium constrained in Western Australia. The election of a WA Labor government unfortunately didn't mean that there was a knockout blow and uranium was taken off the table, but it means it uh, is under real challenge and scrutiny and there is a, a, a basically a ring fence going around the West Australian government to um, urge them to have the highest standards of transparency, review, assessment and the highest regulatory approach. And that's really important. And in, a t- in an age when the uranium market is not buoyant, um, those things are real constraints as well. Uh, we've seen the election or the re election of a Labor government in Queensland, um, and they again, pre election, reaffirmed that they're opposed to uranium mining, would not support or permit it to happen. So they've been elected now, so that's that door shut in Queensland to this toxic industry. So, on the uranium front, very, very important um, outcomes. On, on a nuclear waste front, what uranium uh, ultimately becomes, an amazing outcome. We've seen in June of this year. The South Australian Premier and Government step aside from a plan, a deeply dangerous plan, to have one third of the world's high level waste shipped into, stored and possibly ultimately buried in South Australia. One third of the world's high level radioactive waste and that plan is now dead and that's because of people. Aboriginal people, regional people, people throughout South Australia and across Australia who... um, said, you know, that they had deep concerns, deep opposition, and and the government, eventually the state government, heard that. So that's a massive victory of people power over poison power. We're continuing to fight um, against a really irresponsible federal government plan to dump our own Australian radioactive waste in unwilling communities in regional South Australia. We're working alongside those communities in the Flinders Ranges and the Eyre Peninsula to send a very clear message to Canberra to say no, and we'll be taking that forward in the state election context, which is in mid-March 2018, and making it really clear for Adelaide to say no to Canberra's dangerous plan. So there's a whole range of of things, radioactive waste, uranium, and of course another big ticket uh, item this year was an Australian initiative, 10 years old, Um, that that grew out of community activism in Australia. Um, The international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons has achieved an international treaty to abolish nuclear weapons and was recognised and awarded with the Nobel Peace Prize. I've not long ago returned from Oslo, where I was there just for a week, and it was extraordinary. It was powerful, it was potent, it was emotional, it was a beautiful expression of, you know, from little things, big things grow. So you look at it on the domestic front, on a regional front, on an international front, we have curtailed and constrained this industry we've contested this industry we've supported people we have given hope to people who are under the pump and we have given hassles to people who are pumping and um, that's their good things we are a strong step further down the nuclear free path in Australia this year 2017's been a great year and very much looking forward to driving at home and taking further steps in 2018.
1: You're listening to The Radioactive Show and my interview with Dave Sweeney, nuclear-free campaigner at the Australian Conservation Foundation, about the highlights from the nuclear campaign for this year. And one of the biggest highlights of 2017, this year, is the win on a global ban treaty on nuclear weapons and the Nobel Peace Prize. I asked Dave what the atmosphere was like in Oslo during his recent time as part of the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, or ICANN's group, receiving the Nobel Peace Prize.
2: Yeah, look, it was was an incredible time. Um, You know, hard to get... I live in Melbourne, and hard to get further away from Melbourne than Oslo. It's like you're you're literally the other side of the world, and there's people everywhere who are acknowledging ICANN and the work of ICANN. There's people... 250 or 300 campaigners from nations around the world, who have come to celebrate this award. Mm. There is um, pomp and ceremony. There's you know, uh, military officers with swords and pageants with trumpets and blowing uh, uh, you know uh, a royal tune as the king and queen of Norway enter the room. The, the whole thing was incredible. Mm. We have in Australia you get used to being very embattled, mm. very much the underdog, very much um, undermined, mm. um, and either laughed at or or cursed by those in power effectively Um, and this was quite the opposite this was like being fated and being uh, acknowledged and being thanked it was quite extraordinary the really positive thing was this idea though the ICANN idea came like it was launched in April 2007 in, in uh, the Victorian Parliament, that's only ten years old. In that ten years, it's gone from, you know, a, a crew that could have fit in a minibus, maybe even a Tarago, it's gone from that to a uh, uh, hundred nations, more than 450 groups, organisations, partners in over 100 nations. It's developed and got approved an international treaty to abolish the worst weapons that we have on this planet, and it has been awarded with probably the most prestigious award in the world, the Nobel Peace Prize like it's an extraordinary thing and to to know that it came from such humble beginnings in Australia to see the degree of ownership around the world for it to see how excited people were how much hope people had Mm -hmm. and particularly you've know, you got Trump and Pyongyang you've got nuclear weapons back on the front page and we have an existential threat to the world everything Mm -hmm. we love, everything we value everything we want and are could disappear Mm -hmm. and so we've got to choose do we have these weapons or do we have our species and our planet and ICANN is forcing that choice and making that making a pathway to a saneer, safer future possible. So I was enormously proud, I was rapt to be there. It was exciting. It was a little bit surreal. Well it was quite surreal. Um, but just that sense of, of energy and of, you know, a light against the darkness and making things possible. It was was a wonderful feeling and it was a real, it really was that sense of from little things, big things grow and we are making a massive difference. It's our best chance to get rid of our worst weapons. It grew out of here and there was a great sense of power and positivity about the whole thing.
1: You were listening to Dave Sweeney, the ACF's nuclear-free campaigner, speaking about his time in Oslo as part of the ICANN group receiving the Nobel Peace Prize in this last week. You can learn more about ICANN's extraordinary work at www.icanw.org forward slash au forward slash. I'm Ka, and you're listening to The Radioactive Show. Next up, I speak with um, Mara, who's the nuclear-free campaigner at the Conservation Council of South Australia. Mara's is talking about the highlights over the last 12 months with the radioactive waste dump situation in South Australia and where they're headed in 2018 with the campaign to stop the federal radioactive waste dump facility.
3: 2017 has been amazing. At the start of the year we were facing two radioactive waste dumps the Federal um, National Radioactive Waste Dump for Low and Intermediate Level Waste as well as the State Driven High Level Waste Proposal Now that one's knocked off the head so we've just got the one and we didn't know that that was going to be the outcome at this end of the year so people are very happy about that win of course but we're still facing the very real threat of the federal facility but the communities are getting stronger and closer together, we're working more and more closely with um, unions, church groups, student groups um, and a whole range as well as the indigenous communities and and the locals involved um, in the affected communities so the campaign's getting bigger, it's getting stronger and we had a very successful successful rally on the 2nd of December um, calling on politicians to stand up for the existing legislation in South Australia that makes waste dumps illegal and we're going to continue to keep that pressure up until the state election on the 17th of March next year.
1: So you're going into 2018 with a state election so what how can people get involved and help uh, South Australia?
3: Well, if people are in South Australia, um, call your MP and say, where do you stand on radioactive waste? Are you aware of the legislation in the state that makes it illegal? If you're outside of South Australia, contact your federal MP and say stand up for the existing legislation in South Australia, stop this flawed and divisive process and take a responsible approach to radioactive management in Australia. It's not a South Australian issue, it's a national issue. It's all our waste and that's why everyone around Australia can step up and contact their local MP, particularly Matt Canavan, who's the Federal Minister for Resources, who's responsible for making the decision. Um, He's only been in the chair for a little while. They've been since... um, you know, this process was started in 2014. We've had five ministers and it's a big decision and you know, the, the waste is too serious for people that haven't been around long enough to get the head around the issue. We need to uh, slow down the process and have a proper inquiry about the range of options for management, particularly when the inter- intermediate level waste is only supposed to be going to whatever site they pick for extent for interim storage and they don't know for how long or where to go to or when after that. So it's a very flawed process and it's stressing the communities a lot.
1: Mm. And, and well done and a big shout out to South Australia for the work that they have done in 2017. That was Mara, the nuclear-free campaigner at the Conservation Council of South Australia, talking about the current focus on getting politicians to defend existing legislation that makes radioactive waste dumps illegal in South Australia. Now let's broaden our global view and have a look at the international scene. Jim Green is the National Nuclear Campaign for Friends of the Earth and he's been looking at the situation for the nuclear industry around the world and how that impacts on the local uranium industry here in Australia. I started off by asking Jim to give us an update from 2017 on what's happening with the nuclear industry on a global scale.
4: Um, I think it's been one of the industry's worst ever years, like after maybe Fukushima and Chernobyl, it's probably been the worst year after that. Uh, there weren't any catastrophic accidents this year, but everything else went disastrously wrong for the industry starting in March when Westinghouse filed for bankruptcy, and Westinghouse has probably got more experience than any other nuclear company in the world, and uh The biggest problem for Westinghouse was uh, reactor projects they've got in the United States uh, and the costs of those projects have escalated by a factor of about two and a half and they've actually abandoned one of these reactor projects. This is in South Carolina where they were building two new reactors. And despite having already spent $13 Australian dollars on this project, they gave up on it because they realised that they were just never going to be able to finish it uh, without investing another $13 billion or so. So to be wasting that amount of money on what is essentially nothing more than a hole in the ground is catastrophically bad public relations. Um, And the fallout of that will reverberate not only in the US but throughout the world for for decades to come, I think. And it's not isolated as well in France. uh, The nuclear companies there are building two reactors. One of them is in France itself and the other one is in Finland and they're three times over budget. In the UK, they've got over a dozen reactors that uh, will need to be shut down in the not too distant future. But only two are under construction and the cost for those reactors is $20 billion each Uh, that's Australian dollars so $40 billion for the two reactors so Mm. with those sort of costs nuclear has absolutely totally priced itself out of the market and Mm. uh, it's quite interesting to see the pro-nuclear lobbyists these days are openly talking about a crisis of nuclear power so the debate is really that everyone whether they're pro or anti-nuclear accepts that the industry is in crisis and uh, the uh, pro-nuclear lobbyists are just debating how they can resuscitate this this moribund industry and the rest of us are just looking on in amusement and quite enjoying the industry's situation. And even in China, that was the one country there where there was and is a large nuclear uh, nuclear power program, there's been a dramatic slowdown. So China hasn't begun construction of a single reactor in the past two calendar years. So, you know, that country might also be joining so many others where they're just going to have a, an industry which is either stagnant or going backwards. And more than a few countries are also phasing out nuclear power altogether, whether that's Taiwan or Belgium or Germany's within a few a few years of closing down their last nuclear power reactors. Mm, but I think mm. the, the most inspiring story this year was South Africa, where there's a corrupt government, which is very sad to say, a corrupt ANC government which was pushing very hard for nuclear power, uh, but abandoning due process, and it was. Uh, there's a, a fabulous grassroots community campaign there, and one threat of that was a legal challenge, and they were successful in their High Court legal challenge, and the High Court found that the nuclear power program was without legal foundation. So that's probably the end of, of that story of nuclear power in South Africa you <laughs>
1: The music chosen was appropriately chosen as the market crashes from Monkey Mark's 2009 album, As the Market Crashes. We just heard from Jim Green, National Nuclear Campaign for Friends of the Earth, talking about the most inspiring story from this year um, from the South African government pushing very hard for nuclear power, but there was a fabulous grassroots community campaign and one thread of the campaign was that they started a high court legal challenge that was successful as the High Court ruled, that the nuclear power program was without legal foundations. So that's pretty much the end of the nuclear power push in South Africa. Let's hear now from Winiata from Beyond Uranium, based in Canberra, that started up this year.
0: Tēnā kauta, tēnā kauta, tēnā kauta kato. My name's Winiata, Peru, I'm Napuro but I've been uh, involved uh, with uh, a family. Uh, Wurundjeri family and um, so I pay my respects to the Wurundjeri where we're sitting here now Wurundjeri country and I'm from Wurundjeri, Ngunnawal land in Canberra and um, yeah (coughs) we started up a a group in um, Canberra beyond um, uranium and um, the 15th of November in uh, 2016 actually the um, There was our National Day of Action, and uh, Canberra did nothing. um, Yeah, even Wollongong did a protest about uranium. Uh, the uranium industry, and uh, Canberra did nothing, so I thought, well, instead of complaining about it, just start something, so I um, uh, rang a friend of mine, Kerry James, and um, Ryan also was interested, so we just formed a group and launched it, um, I think it was March, yeah, and uh, we had uh, some wonderful um, dances, Spanish dances. Yeah, and also trained in um, ballet dancing. And elders came, and the embassy mob came, and uh, yeah, shared food, stories, and Jem uh, from ICANN uh, talked about the uh, uh, her group and uh, the dangers of nuclear weaponry, mm-hmm. dangers of nuclear. Weaponry, nuclear industry, nuclear bombs, past what's happened in the past, Chernobyl, Maralinga, Maralinga, right here in this country. And the Pacific, the Pacific is uh, in a vulnerable position and it's still innocent by these threats of war from uh, North Korea. It's not his island's to bomb there's children that are growing up all over the world watching you and um, yeah so it all links in but what's happening now with uh, the threat from North Korea you know that uh, missile is aiming it somewhere and that should be illegal right now because uh, we haven't learnt about the wars of the past from all the nations and uh, no we can't repeat warfare but you see this is a a real selfish selfish war because not only does it annihilate uh, humanity but it annihilates the plants and the kangaroos all the animals and that's not fair it's not fair Anyway, we're just going forward with our little group in Canberra and just having fundraiser information nights. And our latest is just getting photographs with a sign Australia for a Nuclear Free Future and hopefully send it to the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister who hasn't recognised or paid tribute to the ICANN recipients of the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, that says it all. If uh, a Prime Minister can't congratulate, um, especially in Parliament, yes, there's danger. There's danger in Australia. We can stop it here. If we're the biggest uranium uh, exporter in the world... We've got to stop it here and stop relying on, on, on others. Yes, we do need international support. I understand that. Just everyone to be as empowered and contribute to the anti-nuclear movement. Please uh, join a group and um, even uh, have fundraisers for the movement, even in your own home is needed for court cases and to challenge a huge force. It's a force that uh, it's an honour to uh, challenge. And uh, who knows the future? Who knows the future? But we've got to rec- reclaim the future. Yeah, and uh, little groups unite. Uh, please come to the embassy 26th of January. There'll be a corroboree there and then you'll probably find out other things that's going to um, happen at the uh, embassy during the year. Still uh, keep the fire burning for sovereignty, Aboriginal sovereignty for justice and for peace i just got to keep on going and um yeah. How long have you been at the Embassy yeah, now? Uh, yeah, January uh, next year will be about 27 years, and uh, yeah, it's a great honour. I wanted to thank uh, my adopted mum, uh, Shirley Smith. Mum, she sure was better known as. Yeah, Wiradjuri uh, Warrior. Yeah, she uh, was one of the founding, uh, founding uh, people of the Embassy in 1972. And I wanted to find... Uh, you know, thank her for saving my life, long story when there was an occupation of Old Parliament House in 1992 yes, uh, I asked her if I could go down to the embassy I was living, we were living in Sydney at the time and I asked if I could go down and represent her and uh, she said yes and I said, uh, listen, I don't know anything about black politics and she said, who the fuck does go down to the embassy and wash dishes, right? I can do that, so that's how it really started, and I am still washing dishes. <coughs>
1: no, <laughs> I am sure you are doing you are doing way more than that. And that was Winniata Peru talking about the Canberra based group Beyond Uranium. So for the next year, those in Canberra, watch out for some great events coming up as they will organise an exhibition of Maru work and pictures from the Walkadura Walkabout.
0: Genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing whitefellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement, and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13?
1: Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe. News from the West is that for another year we've kept uh, the uranium in the ground and remain a nuclear free state. This year we've had a change of government that we're lobbying constantly and effectively to create strength and assurity with stronger regulations and standards for mining uranium. As you've heard from Jim Green, the price of uranium is helping us, but we're still vigilant in watching the companies and movements out in the four areas, especially Andrew forrest back company Vimy Resources at Mulga Rock. The AGM of both Vimy and Toro Energy were poorly attended this year, and we'll wait to see what Cameco's AGM looks like in March next year, and with hopefully reaching out to activists in Canada to do some actions around this. We've seen a Supreme Court action um, launched and heard by the Conservation Council of Western Australia and three dual native title holder women who held strong and proud of their country, Yaliri, under threat by the proposed uranium mine. We're still waiting the outcome of this Supreme Court action and we think most likely it'll be sometime early in 2018. We also expect the federal decision from Minister Frydenberg's office on Yaliri uranium project to be made very soon. And you can still support the court case by going to thechuff.org forward slash project forward slash Yaliri court case. That's all for this week's show where you heard me, Ka, speaking with Dave Sweeney, the nuclear-free campaigner from ACF, Mara from the Conservation Council of South Australia, as well as Jim Green from Friends of the Earth and from Winniada, Peru, from the Group Beyond Uranium in Canberra, giving us a national wrap-up for 2017 with the Nuclear Free Campaign. What an incredible year. Stay strong and go well. This show was recorded at 3CR Community Radio Station in what is now known as Fitzroy, Melbourne, but which has always been and always will be traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. You can contact The Rad Show on our email, radioactive show 3 cr at gmail.com or look up our Facebook page under the name The Radioactive Show. Past episodes are available on the 3CR website. Just go to www.3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. The track you heard on today's show was As the Market Crashes from Monkey Mark's 2009 album, as the market crashes. Thanks for listening, and here's to a nuclear-free future.